0: On this episode of Comedy Rewind, does 10 Things I Hate About You get overshadowed by the raunchier teen comedies of the 1990s? Where does Heath Ledger's Hollywood debut rate amongst his most memorable performances? Isn't it wrong to flush a school teacher? All of this and more on Comedy Rewind. Rewind Rewind. Push rewind. I thought this was a comedy show. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to Comedy Rewind. We are powered by Audio-Technica as we re-watch the great comedies of the 1990s. I'm your host, John Peck, and joining me today, a guy who would flash someone to get you out of detention, it's Simon Blackburn, <laughs> the host of Take My Tone Podcast. How are you doing, Simon?
1: Yeah, yeah, pretty good. I like the little tie-in tie there to the movie we're about to discuss.
0: Would you flash your nips to get a good friend out of detention?
1: I mean, there's not much to look at, but sure. <laughs>
0: uh we'll we'll get to that later because wow what what a what an interesting scene that is yes to to (laughs) rewatch now especially but we are talking about 10 things i hate about you the Mm -hmm. 1999 i guess it's a teen comedy uh simon you mentioned this last time we podcasted together on the mask as another one of your i guess favorite comedies of the era what Mm -hmm. is it about this movie that kind of made you pinpoint that one as as another episode you wanted to do
1: I think this is probably the first rom-com that I really attach myself to, and the funnily enough, the gateway into even wanting to watch it is uh, the actor Larissa Olenech, who is commonly more commonly known as Alex Mack. So I was a big fan of Alex Mack, and she's obviously uh, older in this um, as as Bianca Stratford, but. Um, yeah, it was it was a case of uh you know it came out in 99. I didn't actually see it till 2000 because my sister bought the VHS she saw in the in, the, in at the cinema and bought it home um and then just between the year 2000 and pretty much all through me growing up through high school it just became the go-to highly rewatchable film amongst myself and my siblings. So not my mm. parents, but but my siblings. So over the course of time um that span of kind of like Four, you know, four or five years, it's just become so quotable. It's sort of like my precursor to Mean Girls. Um, yeah. I actually, I, I, I put com. this, I put this in the what I would I count as like the ultimate sort of trilogy of <laughs> highly rewatchable rom coms. So Ten Things I Had About You, Mean Girls, and Easy A. They they to me are like all, all quite evenly matched.
0: That's a good trio, it's especially for like high school that kind of thing. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: I, I guess that obviously is, is a common theme. They're all sort of like similarly spaced apart in years. But um, mm. yeah. Uh, and of course, this was actually my entrance point to Heath Ledger, really, uh, in a film. Um, I'd seen him in, you know, he did little stints in Home No Way, like most Australian actors do, and, <laughs> and, and, and things like that. But um, yeah, this, I hadn't actually properly seen him in a film until this. And then um, I, I really enjoyed his performance. So sort of like after this point, I then went back and watched. Um, like Two Hands and, and various other stuff that he's been in um, and this is obviously before Dark Knight even came out too so yeah, yeah. Uh, p- plenty plenty to, to, to talk about plenty of familiar faces in it and um, yeah, it's just uh, very much a highly rewatchable favourite
0: It is super rewatchable like that's one of the things that struck me uh, I'll, I'll probably make a couple comparisons as we talk to American Pie because it came out in 1999, the same year and it was equally, um, I guess, well, actually, American Pie was a lot more popular than this for some reason. It, it made $235 million. 10 Things I Hate About You made $53 million. And I find that crazy because I think this is such a, better movie <laughs> oh
1: instantly like, and, and yes absolutely and
0: and it's, this is this is
1: aged so so yeah. much better as well oh yeah
0: like we did american pie in one of the early episodes of this podcast and there's uh, it's the, like it was a cheaper movie as well so it, that stands out more now uh obviously they both have casts that have gone on to do a lot and they were you know there's some great comedic performances in both movies but Maybe it was the raunchiness of American Pie that appealed to teenagers at the time. I think this movie just has aged so much better. And watching it for the first time in a long time, I was... Like I struck, but I was like, I just love this movie. I-, I realized I love it. It's it's so good.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and I think what really helps is obviously it's got the PG rating. It touches on some themes, but it the comedy aspect uh, takes a bit more of a backseat as opposed to American Pie, just going for that shock factor.
0: Yeah, it's clever. This is a clever movie.
1: Exactly, and I think the acting overall is far superior. So um, yeah, I'm happy to happy to talk more about it.
0: Yeah, I mean. You mentioned some of the performers in this movie, Heath Ledger being, I guess, the main one that's gone on to do a lot. But compared to American Pie, like this has a bunch of people who have gone on to be huge. And, and if they're not huge, they're extremely talented dramatic actors. Yes. You know, Julia Stiles, this was, I think, her first probably n- notable film because she was only 17. When they filmed it, wow! Yeah, I think yeah, right. from from my research, Heath Ledger obviously you mentioned being int- your introduction to him, but I think it was probably the world's introduction. If unless you're a movie buff that had caught him in some of his earlier work, mm. and he is so good, like there's oh, yeah. something uh, uh, ju- him and Julia Stiles, like watching this and not being someone that's followed her career closely, like she's probably made movies that. Like, she didn't go down the path that people might have thought she would after this movie came out. She has been more of a dramatic actor. She did the Bourne movies, obviously. And it was just, like, clear from this. She is super talented, and Mm, she mm. was so sure of herself in this role, and it just felt so authentic. And that's a word that I am going to talk about. A bit more about later is the authenticity of this as a teen movie even though these guys are mostly in their 20s you got to think <laughs> by the time yeah <laughs> the film comes around and joseph gordon levitt like i love this guy i love 500 days of summer that's probably my favorite rom-com oh okay Well wow. yep, yep. he is he's obviously so good in in that and he's done these these movies like in inception and looper and uh, whatever else he's he's been up to in the last kind of ten years, he's become quite big. You know, he was in the Batman movies as, as well, um, kind of tying back to Heath Ledger too in the Dark Knight. Oh, exactly. Rises. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you got that
1: that that sort of return um, with, with 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 the Batman tie-in, and the fact yeah. that um, as well, you have Longhead, uh, Joseph Joseph Gordon Levitt, uh, Third Rock from the Sun, and then mm. this is like his transition. He's like halfway point between that kid and the much physically more fit and and yeah. <laughs> kind of manly, but without being too manly um, yeah. that 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 you get in um, in these sorts of those aforementioned movies. So yeah. um, I just think he's just got such a lovable baby face in this. He's just so yeah. he's you, like he he is. He's He's so relatable as well, and that is such a big part of this um, film in general is that um, just that relatability, I think, of just thinking of all those awkward ways of trying to get someone's attention in high school Mm. and all that sort of stuff, so I love that. (laughs) And I think that rings true, um, would still ring true to high schoolers today.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think it says a lot about us that we would relate to him probably the most (laughs) in this movie, (laughs) but... Yeah, it's it's interesting that him and you mentioned uh, Larissa Olinick being probably the ones that we knew about from their TV shows, Third Rock from yep. the Sun and the Secret World of Alex Mack. Yes, uh, but it's and it's the movie starts off focusing on them, but there's a bit of a bait and switch where suddenly uh, Julia Stiles and Heath Ledger become the obvious main characters yes. in this movie, and I yes. think that's such an interesting way to do it. Because you know, in in some ways, that's contradicted by the fact that they're on the cover of, of the you know the poster for the movie, but it's 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 still interesting to me that they went in it in that direction.
1: Yeah, because they they have to set up the the story, you know, they got to set up the, the the challenge, the whole actual taming of the shrew type, so, you know, which is obviously it's based off. So they're not just not going to first on uh, introduce. You know, Cat uh, Stratford. They kind of got mm. to give there. There's their, their, a reason why all the stuff is happening, and then it's kind of like start off with the. And that's you know pretty typical that, that a sort of rom com uh, high school thing would start off with the kind of like geeky types, and then yep. they kind of like, and then you've got your scary people, your jocks, and then you have got your outsiders, and that's when they then get to bring in uh, Joey Donner and and uh, Heath Ledger's character and all that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. So I think it's it's quite clever.
0: Yeah. My memories of this movie are probably not exactly the same as yours, but I would have been a similar age. Like I was probably, it was probably 2001 or so when I did get around to watching it. And like, as you mentioned, being more family friendly than like a, a gross out American pie sex comedy, basically. I think that definitely made it more appealing to people in my circle. And it was even, even at the time, like... It just felt like Heath Ledger was the next big thing. Like A Knight's Tale came, and then he started doing serious movies like The Patriot and this kind of thing. So it, it did feel like a, a great welcome to to Hollywood to, to have him in this role and and show such range. Like he starts off and he's this badass, and then he <laughs> shows that he's actually the sensitive guy. Which you know I have I do have a, some small issues with like the. The way that they've written the character, in that it's it, there's like almost no consistency, and like, why is he pretending to be a badass when clearly he's a big softy and he's <laughs> s- you know, he's singing in the bleachers and doing all this stuff? Um, like, I'm like, there's no way he knows the words to this song if he's this tough bikey <laughs> guy, but uh, anyway, beside the point, um, yeah, great, great movie. Had no idea it was based on a Shakespearean play <laughs> as a kid. Uh, I think loosely based on it, but watching it now that I'm older, I'm noticing all these kind of references, you know, they, they call Kat a shrew and Mm, his last name's mm. Verona, which is obviously uh, a Shakespearean reference too. Is that the kind of, like, have you noticed over the years you've picked up on more things as you get older?
1: Oh, absolutely. Because there's no way back when this came out. So I was year seven, by the time I watched it, I was year eight. There's no way I would have been thinking about Shakespeare at the time. So, yeah, definitely, you kind of learn those cool little facts, uh, you know, yeah, you, literally decades later, and you're like, oh, cool, that just makes it all that more special.
0: All right, do you have a guess for the Rotten Tomato score for this movie?
1: Ooh, 75?
0: 69. Ooh, close, close. Nice, yeah. It's So, you know, reasonably popular, the AV Club called it a uh, quirky, inventive, and brimming over with clever visual gags and colorful supporting characters Mm. so i think it makes sense that um that that it was well received they said it was uh using shakespeare as a jumping off point to playfully send up a society that doesn't know what to do with a strong woman
1: yeah and that's and that's what was so like it didn't i didn't sort of realize kind of how uh, how much that resonated beyond its release until a, a lot later. You know, at the, t- at the time, I wasn't really thinking, I, I guess I was more invested in the uh, Joseph uh, Gordon-Levitt's character when I was younger, because it's kind of that whole, like, how do you impress a girl sort of thing? And, and then once you're older, you're kind of getting this, you, you, you're you making sense of the whole vibe of, okay, she's kind of positioned as this um, a bit of a rebel and and, and obviously you know, very much has, like, Feminist viewpoints and things like mm. that, and references certain literature, and and she's into all that sort of thing. Um, and, and again, you don't really when you're younger don't really think about too too much of that. But yeah, as as you get older, particularly towards out of high school, it's kind of like it just there's so many little different layers uh, with this film in terms of just like how they've positioned the characters and and their slight little age differences and mm. and, and even physical differences um, as well, just making yeah making yeah uh, Joseph's character just that yeah as you said that doe eyed little kind of like he he just wants to just wants to make make an impression and um yeah, and you know, I can imagine at the time coming across someone like Heath Ledger, like his stature, it would have been intimidating, so I just love all those vibes that they capture in it,
0: yeah, and like we all probably went to school with someone that seemed like they were too old to be there or didn't you know? yeah
1: and and they had all these sort of like I heard he did this, I heard he did that like yeah.
0: <laughs> Oh man. And like from reading some of the stuff that's out on the internet, like David Crumholtz who plays Michael, the yeah the biggest yep. geek in the movie, he, he did like <laughs> a, like a- <laughs> he did like a bit of a, like a retrospective article about this movie and it just sounds like they had the best time. Like they were all such great friends filming mm. it, and they hit it off instantly. And I think, like, Heath Ledger was coming onto the set, like, a week or two after everyone else. And they were kind of concerned that he was going to, like, ruin the dynamic because they didn't know wow. him. And he's, like, mm-hmm. this guy from another country. And he got there and they all just hit it off even even more. So, I, I love those kinds of stories. And you can I think it shines through in the movie as well. Like, you can just feel, like, even the characters, like, um, Michael and... And, uh, what's, what's Joseph Gordon, Uh, Cameron Cameron. Cameron and, and Patrick, like when they're together, even though they're all quite different, they just, there's just a great chemistry there and they just seem to get along so well.
1: Oh, absolutely.
0: Okay. So I'm going to make you guess to see if you can tell the number one song when this movie came out.
1: Ooh, and number one in Aria. Is that what we're doing? I
0: will do both because I've got, I've got both here.
1: Oh, 99. Oh, I'm, I'm hesitant to guess it's going to be some form of boy boy band or girl band. <laughs> but uh, is it Backstreet's Streets Back?
0: No, it's, oh, it's a good damn. guess because that, that is definitely of the time. Yes. Uh, so we're looking at June 24th with Arias when this movie came out in Australia. And the the number one track was If You Had My Love by Jennifer Lopez. Oh, which so is good. a banger of a pop tune. It, really it is, it really is. And and then in March 31st on the Billboard charts, it was "Believe" by uh, or, course, or Cher. Oh, of course, Cher. I should. Yeah, say.
1: Yeah, I, I realized yeah. I actually got my uh, my Backstreet timeline out of whack. It would have been more larger than life era. Uh, okay, Backstreet's back right. was more your '97, so yeah, bit that a bit does of a trip there. Right, yeah. yeah, but um, but again, those those songs you just mentioned, I I literally have them in my head right now. So, man. Yeah. They're, they're, they're hooky. They they stick with you.
0: 1999 was such a great year for pop culture, I have to say. I don't know if it's like the age we are, but like looking at all the songs that were number one this year, it was just a real trip. I recommend that you go and have a look. And, you know, this movie's, yeah.
1: Yeah, I think everyone was scared of Y2K. So it's like, let's get out all our best songs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: totally. And like the movies of 99 as well. Like there's so many classics, and, and this is just one of them, in my opinion. Mm hmm so what have you done for me lately we've talked about some of these guys already but joseph gordon levitt he actually had some voice roles that i didn't know about in the last jedi and knives out he's uh working on a couple movies that i'm assuming they've been delayed because of the pandemic and everything but project power is a movie that is doing with jamie fox okay. and then the trial of the chicago seven which is a like a law drama like a legal drama with Sasha Baron Cohen, and it's being written and directed by Aaron Sorkin. So, that sounds really interesting. It's got a, a pretty solid cast, so keep an eye on that whenever it finally comes out.
1: <laughs> yeah, plus he's obviously doing all his, uh, his hit record stuff he's been doing for, yeah. for a long time, so yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, Julia Stiles, as I mentioned, someone that hasn't really had like a really massive career like the things that i've probably seen her in the most would be the born movies and she had like a reoccurring role on dexter for like a whole season that was mm-hmm. quite memorable she yep, was in... she was
1: in step up
0: as yes, well. that was that's like right. dancing yep yep yeah yeah and that was quite soon after this movie mm. so last year she was in hustlers and yeah, that was good. there's a movie this year that again delayed because of everything happening but it's called the god committee and that is with kelsey Grammer. So, okay. I don't know, keep an eye out for that, that's a that's an interesting pairing. Uh, she's also apparently the lead, or one of the leads in Riviera, which is in, it's going into its third season as a TV series. I haven't seen that, but um, she's a great okay. actor, so it's something that I'd, I'd check out if I came across it.
1: Yeah, she definitely kind of, uh, I guess aside from, well no, yeah, Step Up was, was drama too, she definitely stuck in that drama vein, then I haven't yeah. really seen her do a, anything remotely comedy since, so...
0: Yeah, I mean, she's had some reoccurring kind of sitcom, like she's on the Mindy Project as like a reoccurring role. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's interesting because she is she does such great comedic work in Ten Things I Hate About You that she went in that other direction. But mm, uh, I guess mm. that's what she enjoys. Larry Miller is a guy that I had fun talking about on our <laughs> yeah. Professor podcast um, that I did a few months back with Saleem. He's so cool. He's hilarious. Um, he's one of Jerry Seinfeld's best friends like I mentioned, and you can see like everything he says in this movie is hysterical. Like we'll yeah. probably get to him later. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But yeah. he's he's one of like the most quotable <laughs> characters in the movie. But he's kind of mostly known now for a podcast that he does. I think it's okay. called the, the Larry Miller Podcast or the Larry Miller Show or something like that. And I think Super he gets original title. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, talking about comedy and news and, and that kind of thing. So he's. I haven't seen him in anything for quite a while. and But, you know, just from, from watching this movie, if you enjoy his delivery, like, it's the same kind of character in The Nutty Professor, someone that's just, like, mm. so frank and, like, direct to the point and cutting and dry. <laughs> and it's like, he's just a funny dude. A lot of respect he, for him.
1: He's one of those guys that I didn't mind the fact that he looked the same and acted the same in pretty much most of his appearances (laughs) around that time it's kind of like you that that's a guy that you don't really care kind of just sticks in that in that vein
0: because he does it so well oh yeah he also apparently in my research was in the 10 things I Hate about you tv show which i never caught but did you ever see that
1: um well because i was reading up on this uh just before we're going to record and that it definitely uh Sparked a little bit of a memory because I remember it coming out, but not actually seeing it. Right. Um, but I kind of feel like sometimes when they only latch onto one actor as kind of like the connecting point, it yeah, it, it always kind of puts me off. Yeah, yeah.
0: It's kind of like because you like the movie so much, you probably go out of your way not to watch it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you don't I want don't, to don't ruin, ruin it. it. Mm. <laughs> yeah, uh, Gabrielle Union is someone that I pretty much only know her by name because she's married to the NBA legend Dwayne Wade. And of course, she was really big at this point because she was doing movies like this and bring it on. She was i think the yeah. one of the main characters yep. and she was in like she's all that or another one of those kinds of of teen movies, but she's still working uh she was recently uh America's got talent judge, so she's out there she's a she's a big celeb but probably hasn't had like a a like a hugely success like well, i'm not gonna say she's not hugely successful but she hasn't had the stardom i guess that the others have from her work probably more just that she's married to this super duper star yeah yeah larissa olenik it's kind of surprising that she wasn't she didn't have the career we probably thought she would based on how great she was as a teenager would you agree
1: yeah because you sort of had yeah you had uh, alex Mackin, and she is the the she is the show essentially um plus a, a bunch of not so well dated CGI. And um <laughs> and, and then of course this I thought, oh great, this is gonna really sort of project her and and then she kind of disappeared. And I remember seeing her way, way later, pop up in Pretty Little Lies, of all things. Mm-hmm. Um yep. and it's just sort of like I was looking, I was like, that's that's Alex Mack. Like I don't even call her by her actual <laughs> name, it's just like that is Alex Mack. Um yeah, she's But Alex yeah, Mack. I and I think I saw her in something else maybe she's and in she, Mad she did a re- like Oh, yes, and she was in Mad Men, yeah. And uh, she recently did a a video, it's like a retrospective thing about Alex Mack, like just recently. So that was cool to see, Um, and she got to speak about all the characters and how it was at the time. But yeah, not much else from memory. That's
0: cool. I just remembered, I think she was um, Tommy's boyfriend on Third Rock from the Sun as well, so there's a bit of chemistry. Another tie-in,
1: yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. very cool. Uh, Andrew Keegan, who plays Joey in this movie, I don't remember seeing him since this, but he's no. he's <laughs> continued to work. He's been you know he's been consistent. He's doing a, a recent movie with Sean Astin and Mickey Rock called Adverse, which is a thriller of some kind. So okay, good on him. Uh, good David, on Joey. Joey <laughs> yeah, eat good me. Good on Donna. you, Joey. <laughs> the the uh, the modeling career is still there as an option. I'm guessing. <laughs> uh, David Crumholtz, who uh, we we I mentioned before as well. As as Michael, he's so great in this movie. We'll mm. probably get to it later, but there's so much visual comedy coming from him. I just love it, um, and he's someone that just pops up all the time. Yeah, great absolutely. character actor. You know, you see him in movies like Elf, and you see him here and there. And I think the most recent thing of note is uh, the Twilight Zone series. Or okay, okay. Uh, I I guess it's a web series. It's probably streaming somewhere, but that's kind of a Jordan Peele uh, run version yes. of twilight zone yes yeah, yeah. exactly um so wait was,
1: wait was he in because he's in the santa claus so was he an elf as well or uh, was that just maybe
0: a- maybe i've mixed that up maybe yeah, i yeah. have mixed that up yeah you're right he's definitely in the santa claus the santa claus yeah <laughs> yeah which is before this movie
1: yeah so you get a slightly younger so uh how old version. is he <laughs> uh, yeah i don't I, the thing is he dresses so much older than he needs to be in this film so
0: <laughs> mm. you're never really sure so it's, it's hard to tell Okay, what is the most 90s moment of 10 things I hate about you?
1: I think it's actually seeing the band, just like the type of band it is, the type of stuff they're wearing, just like the vibe of of the club. And obviously, they're like a through line in the film. But aside from that, and just the general stuff that people's wearing, or just the soundtrack there's nothing to me that's specifically like overly 90s i think maybe there's a scene where at the house party and you've got the three guys with the Trulby hats on doing the mm-hmm. sort of you know yeah. the, the head driving but that's about it um there's
0: yeah i mean there is so much if you drill down but that's a really good thing you you hone in on with the band like i i wrote down the fact that there's a ska band at the prom like yeah. at the prom, like that, yeah. <laughs> and the, and everyone is into it. That's like that is so nineties because yeah, exactly. You know, it would never happen now. It'd be like some kind of DJ or it'd be a rapper or something. It definitely wouldn't be a Scar Band. Mm, um, and and, and people- what I liked
1: about um, the the band letters to Cleo in this is they they're clearly, I mean, obviously being Scar and everything and the kind of like how even how the singer sounds, kind of channeling mm. a bit of that No Doubt vibe. So um, yeah, I thought I thought they were it's just and just really cool at the end to like finish the film on a rooftop performance you know why not so yeah uh, <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's so weird isn't it like it, it's the, the first thing that happens in the movie that's like surreal and yeah you're like, oh <laughs> but it's so it's so cool that you can't not like it exactly and i've actually found a, a cool little story about that the, the lead singer was doing an interview and explained how they were like so freaked out up on that roof like they're on top of this school mm. and there's a helicopter like drive like flying to fly by them. yep and it, it's like a five hundred thousand dollar scene because that's how much it, t- it costs for the helicopter to, to take wow. off the film. <laughs> so oh they my. had like no choice but to get it in like one take basically that's,
1: that's like half the film's budget
0: pretty much <laughs> yeah, yeah. and so it's like flying towards them and they're like getting really nervous because it kind of like drops and i assume yeah. it looks like it's coming right at you <laughs> but they have to keep playing and performing
1: <laughs> it makes for a good good ending too because just as the flyover happens that's when it cuts to black as well right okay, yeah, yeah yeah so that's pretty cool but um and, and i love the whole thing of just like seeing like you're hearing the song and then you can see them from quite a distance and it's just like slowly approaching and um mm. yeah just I, I like that sort of thing where it's not just like a band in a singular cameo sort of really i mean obviously i guess they weren't a, a huge. I mean, I had no idea who they were, so they weren't a huge, huge band. But mm. um, and they're playing covers of well-known songs. So, yeah, I thought it was a a good way to, um, as well as use them in the scene. You know, when they go to go to the club and everything. Um, when he first tries to play to Cat's uh, interests. So yeah. yeah,
0: there's another band that I had heard of, Save Ferris, that's also in the at the prom because it's kind of like. They play and then the the band switch. And yes, it's, it's yes. the song that's dedicated to her or whatever. So yeah, a lot of scar and um, <laughs> a lot of nineties music in general. We got some spider bait in this movie. How awesome is that?
1: That that is cool. Like it's another way to rep Australia as well. Yeah, yeah he played a spider bait. Yeah. yeah, I
0: wonder if he had anything to do with it, but um, <laughs> we'll, we'll probably never know. Um, there's a few other things that I wanted to to mention for being super 90s. One is the fact that no one has a phone. Like, I don't think you see a mobile phone in the whole thing. Exactly. Even though, like, they would have, the rich kids probably had phones. Like, they had phones in Clueless. This came out in 99. So, it's like right at the end of the 90s.
1: I kind of gather that the type of school they're going to, it wasn't exactly like a big, private school or anything so mm. maybe that's the case and like maybe just someone like Joey Eat Me Donna would have one and that's yeah. sort of about it yeah
0: yeah but it's st- it stood out to me so much when Joey comes to pick up Bianca for the prom and she's not there and he's just yeah. like like uh what she's not here and i was like if that happened now he would be like on his phone he'd be texting her he'd be calling yep. her he'd be like looking at Instagram and seeing oh she she posted she just posted a photo or that kind of thing, um, but I'm I'm eating into a future category already, yeah, so that's I, true. I should probably stop talking about that. Uh, and then the only other thing I wanted to mention is when uh, the dad says those damn Dawson's River kids sleeping in each other's beds. <laughs> yeah. I was like, yes, Dawson's Creek reference, Dawson's Creek, super nineties. Yeah. You couldn't have that joke in there now because people would just be like, What's Dawson's River? Like Yeah. Yeah. What is it? <laughs> yeah. And so then good. and then and then you have like um Heath Ledger mentioning the Spice Girls. Like yep. I didn't sleep with a Spice Girl. There's a Marilyn Manson reference. Yeah. So great great pop culture references to kind of tie it into that that period. Definitely. What is the most iconic scene?
1: Uh, I think it'd have to be Patrick singing the song.
0: Yeah. It's it's up there for me. That's one of the, the two that I jotted down. Uh, mm. It's so out of character for him, as I mentioned before. <laughs> like, how does how does he know the lyrics to this song? I don't know, but yeah, because uh, I mean, I, I feel like the only reason I know the lyrics is because of this movie.
1: <laughs> oh, Exactly, I had no, and then I didn't realize after the fact. Oh man, this is because you recognize the chorus. I was like, this is a actually yeah. a, a quite a quite a big hit, but um, and then obviously parodied in Not another team movie, but um. Uh, I, I think between this and then, yeah, Cat reading the poem at the end, they're the, two, they're the two. They're at least the two ones that I immediately think of when I'm thinking of this film, aside from other little quirky things that I, that I find funny.
0: Yeah, you're right. There's It's it's impossible to hear that song and not think of this movie for me. Hmm. And the poetry reading, you're right, like that's the name of the movie. Yeah. By the way, great name for a movie, 10 Things I Hate About You. Instantly you're like, what? What are the... What is that about? What like, are the 10 things? When what are, are you going to get yeah, to that? Yeah, yep. <laughs> And uh, apparently there's... I, I counted. There's 13 things in that list in that poem. <laughs> yeah, right. So um, I guess you can pick the 10 that, that hurt you the most. But yeah, pretty much. Yeah, the story behind that is pretty cool. Like, Julia Stiles apparently nailed it in one take. And the wow. crying was improvised. That wasn't written into the script. But it's such a, a big part of the movie because... When I was watching it, I was like, okay, the prom. The prom's always the big scene in the teen movie. It's always the big build-up to the prom. And they kind of skip over the prom pretty quickly. Like, there's a couple of scenes. There's the punch, and then it's done. And you don't see any of... Like, you don't see people kiss. You don't see, like, how the night ends for anyone. It's it's kind of anticlimactic in that sense. But that's because the poetry reading is the climax of the movie, really. It's the Mm. heart... It's um, Bianca, uh, not Bianca. It's Cat being um, sensitive, and it's it's Cat being vulnerable in front of uh, absolutely, yeah, of everyone, not just in front of of Patrick. Yeah, because um, so, the entire
1: film she's been putting up her she puts up a bit of a front, and she's only like little little bit by bit becomes more honest and open with Patrick, and then this is just like the she. And, and and this is the thing. Obviously, there's like the the storyline with her and the, the past with her and Joey, and then she's just decided to kind of like, you know, as, as she says, do things on her own terms and that. And mm-hmm. so she is very hesitant to even like entertain this Patrick guy. Um, and then so when she finally does open up to him and kind of like, they're they're growing that that romantic relationship, and then she finds out that uh, that's what makes it it's such an emotional scene because she's absolutely she finally built up to that point. And then gets completely let down, and 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 she's gutted. And I think she really channeled that into that reading. Just where when she starts crying, I always start getting really, like like I, I get goosebumps, and I start to yeah, I, I start to feel quite. So my face starts getting a bit hot, kind of like <laughs> I, I feel I feel both embarrassed for like in the situation that you know it, it might be having someone read that in your class, but then also I feel really sorry for for her and what happens and how betrayed she's felt. So.
0: Mm. Do you think Patrick got off easy by just dropping a fender in a car and that's it, all forgiven? <laughs>
1: I mean, yeah, it was it it was pretty because she didn't put up too. You know, she finds a guitar. you know, you know Kind of like you're not going to get away that easy. And then he kind of he he charmingly, as Heath Ledger does, and this character does, kind of charms his way out of it. And then and then it's all kind of cool. So
0: <laughs> I think she could sense that, despite. The dog act of taking money he did really care for her and he did really like he, he he yeah he just cared for her and and by spending all the money he got paid on her i think that was like a, a sign that it was clearly wasn't just for the money absolutely he's giving it back to me
1: plus he doesn't seem like a person that would generally have much money anyway so it's like well where did he mm. you know it's not like he just He's not like a uh, a, a Rich, Joey Diner yeah, and can just drop exactly. it, up and, you know, pull out a you know, but buy himself an apology sort of thing. So
0: yeah, yeah. that's true. So we'll give that a tick of approval. <laughs> um, there's one other scene I have to mention, and maybe it's not the most iconic, but it has one of the most iconic parts in it, and I think that it's the best sequence, and it's the house party. Yes, yes, it's so so good. Like we get Michael constantly getting rejected by girls. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we, we get him telling them that he has a, a Toyota as if that's like some kind of pickup so <laughs> <laughs> what, what? What's the the His make confidence of the car? is so funny. Oh, man. Yeah. It's like a, to sell or something.
1: It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's like, I actually have a whatever and he's kind of like nodding and they're like, <laughs>
0: all right, and that means what? <laughs> <laughs> and then um, it's just a really important like hinge in the movie as well because it's Cameron getting rejected for the first time and Joseph Gordon-Levitt playing that so well. Yes. And like, you can just see it's like Ralph Wiggum. Like you can see the moment that he's hard. Yeah.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah. Yep. And then you have like, uh, Bianca going off with Joey and kind of realizing that he's actually a dork, even though yep. he's this like tough, rich guy model. He's like n- got no self-awareness and he thinks that he's interesting. And he's talking about his modeling, modeling and career. Yep. No one yep. really cares. So I think that that's a turning point for her. Then you have Cat getting blasted, and she gets yeah. up on the table and dances, and that's obviously like I think that that was something that was just it, it landed her the role in, apparently in Save the Last Dance because she had some real moves.
1: That yeah, that's the one I was thinking of because when I because I because is she in Step Up or was I just thinking of Save the Last Dance? Anyway, what one of those Save situations? Save the Last Dance. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, and so yeah, and then that kind of really shows that you know she. All this time has ever want to make a, a, a fool of herself since she got, um, you know, messed over by 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 Joey, and then it's just kind of like she just takes it out on herself by by drinking excessively, really, and um and then from there that leads you up to the the swing scene as well with uh mm. with her and uh, Patrick, which is which is quite good, but um and you also get uh her um, Bianca's friend just kind of just like fine, I'll I'll go off of Joey, like you're lost, yeah. and you kind of get to see that her friend is just <laughs> kind of like this shallow sort of sort of type, yeah.
0: Yeah, and then it's the first time as well that you see there's a lot more to Patrick. Like he gets deep with uh, not only Cat later, but with mm. with with Cameron when he's like down in the dumps and he's like, don't let anyone ever make you feel like you don't deserve what you want. You know, go for it. And that's a, a, not only a great quote, but it's a great moment in the movie. Oh, exactly, and then, yeah. and, and then like, obviously you have on the other side, Cameron kind of stepping up to bianca and saying just because you're beautiful doesn't mean you can treat people like they don't matter and that is just such a a great line and you know if we're talking about how we relate to this kind of dorky guy that's trying to catch a girl's attention like i think a lot of guys could could probably think think like or, or live vicariously through that and be like yeah i wish i said that to a to a girl in my school exactly
1: and, <laughs> and the cool thing was like she was she starts off and and she's she's popular but she's not kind of like the mean girls style you know she she's very very kind of innocent obviously controlled by her dad and everything and so that's is also the interesting development just seeing the the balance of like they're at the party mm. she she then is just like you know has a little bit of an argument with cameron and then she realizes that oh no her friend is just is just like a, a, like a, a Joey, essentially. So, so then it's that's a good turning point as well. And then you mm. kind of from there you get more interaction with her and Cameron. And then that's where their their little relationship is sort of growing in the background while you're focused on um on Cat and Patrick.
0: Yeah, true. And that is a good segue into, I think what holds up the best and I've written down a bunch of things, but one of the ones I want to talk about is how authentic this movie feels, yes. how truly teenage it feels, how they've captured the essence of what, it, at least what it meant to be a teenager in the late nineties. And one of the things that really, I th- I was going to complain about it, but then I realized how great it was is how much all the characters suck <laughs> as people. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, let, like if we can break it down, the guys, they suck because they're paying someone to take Kat out on dates. Like, yep. that's yep. manipulative and cruel. Bianca sucks. Like, she really sucks because she's so mean to Cameron and she tricks him into thinking that he has a shot with her when she's just interested in Joey. And she doesn't think about his feelings at all. Absolutely. Chastity sucks. Because yeah. <laughs> she just betrays her best friend instantly and is just totally... like. It's, it's almost like comically evil, the way that she's just suddenly not her friend anymore. Yeah, no. know. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then Kat also has her moments where after um, Patrick is a white knight in a true sense and takes care of her and he, you know, holds her while she's throwing up and he drives her home and he... Mm actually turns down her kiss because he doesn't feel like it's appropriate and doesn't yes. want to take advantage of her. Yeah. Like he's being a great dude. And then she's just like pissed at him the next day. And she's like, you know, the anger of a thousand sons and she doesn't want anything to do with him. And I'm like, you're meant to be this woke kind of like feminist and you aren't seeing that this guy has done like the best thing for you. Mm. Like that sucks, mm. but it's also... Typical of a teenager, and the way that they're so emotional and they're not thinking things through. Mm, and before mm. anyone says that I'm being sexist, this movie was written by two women, and I think that they <laughs> they're clearly bringing their experiences to the table. Like the 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 name of the movie is based on a poem that they had written in their diary.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. And and I I think that is a, a very interesting scene that you bring up because. To me, it's almost like um, she's had this bad. She's she conducts herself and ha- and and has set herself in a certain way since the Joey experience. And so I feel like it's almost like she was just assuming that's what he might have been. She she mm. was kind of blind to all his all his good actions and everything, and and the way he's taking care of her, and just maybe kind of defaulting into that. Okay, well I guess I guess I better do this thing then. I guess we better kiss and whatever happens afterwards so then it's almost just like then she has this expectation whether she kind of really really wants to or, or, or not and then it's like she then gets the what to her is the rejection and reacts to that which I think is just such a, ex- exactly such a teenage thing so I don't think it's um yeah I, th- I think it is a it's a good way to bring some balance to the character uh, rather yeah. than her just being genuinely kind of like angry at people all the time yeah
0: yeah and I, like i said it was something that bothered me to start with because typically in a movie i would be bothered by like characters that aren't acting in a way that i think makes logical sense yeah but then i'm like oh the teenagers like I remember being a teenager. We did just stupid stuff. Yeah, like, Why did and, I do that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You just, you don't think about other people's feelings. You don't yep, th- yep. think about how they might interpret things. And it's just, it, that makes it authentic to me. Exactly. <laughs> um, and,
1: and like, e- even the classic thing of being in high school, it's just kind of like, you actually like, I, I remember like, and like with this movie, you've got all these different social groups and you kind mm. of like say things in public when there's other people around or certain expectations from the groups that you are in that you don't, that afterwards you feel terrible about. You're like, why did I Or look back and why did I even say that? That's really mean. Yeah. But it's just that that peer pressure kind of mentality. And I kind of think that just, just having that, those sort of like, natural teenager flaws throughout the film again makes it authentic
0: yeah definitely you're right like when you're especially when you're a teenager i guess some people never grow out of it but like trying to be funny is such a a motivator to say mean things or things that just are insensitive and you just don't think about it in the moment but yeah exactly (laughs) exactly and, and you know as the movie goes on as well before we move on to the next thing it becomes really clear that the way that Bianca and Kat are, you know, they're they're total opposites, but it all comes down to like they've got trauma and they're traumatized by the loss of their mother and Mm. the way that Bianca seems to have reacted is by becoming popular and getting validation through, you know, attention from boys and being, you know, having, talking about sketches and Prada and all this kind of stuff. And then the way that Kat has reacted and dealt with her trauma is by kind of going into her shell and, and rejecting everyone else around her. So yep. I, I do like that they found a way to have it make sense that these characters are the way that they are.
1: Yeah, there was that defining moment that, and then they then
0: split on different paths. Mm-hmm. Totally. Um, what did you have for holding up the best? So um,
1: I just think generally like, like Heath Ledger's charm is just so... Like, you can't stop smiling at it. Like, he's he's, he's kind of cheeky, and he kind of, like, he's... Again, he introduces this bad boy, and then he kind of unfolds. Mm -hmm. Um, So, I think that the general uh, relatability um, of of this movie, particularly with uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, and and just, again, how he looks. Because, you know, as you mentioned at the start, a lot of these teen films often feature 20-something-year-olds, but he definitely looks of the age he should be. Um, And, yeah, I I think even just... (laughs) Just having Crumalts as um, as Michael, and he's just full of that. Like the, everyone had that friend that thought that they knew everything. He's just full of all yeah. this misguided advice, and it's just the funniest <laughs> thing. All those situations they end, end up in, and any, even the idea of him be like, you know, now the last party I went to was Chuck E. Cheese. Now it's some real fun. It's just
0: kind of like and he's like combing his eyebrows. It's the best. Yeah, he's so good. Like when he walks into the pub, and he's first of all, he, he's like, "Don't touch anything. You'll you'll yeah. get hepatitis." Hepatitis. But the funny almost it's almost the funniest part of the movie at least to me for whatever reason. Yeah. It's like he walks past the pool table and, and he, he just picks the up ball. the ball.
1: <laughs> and then and and then, like he picks up the ball, the guy the guy misses the shot and then he chucks it he chucks it in his hand and then puts it back on the table. Yeah. It's so good. <laughs> So smooth oh, as well. It's oh. just making me laugh now. Yeah, it's so awesome. funny.
0: Like it's just a, such a subtle thing. It's not a line. It's just <laughs> an, it's just physical comedy, and it, yeah, it's great. Oh, it's, yeah, no, no, that's awesome. And yeah, like the other things I had were just how quotable the movie is. Like we, we mentioned that before. Um, my insurance does not cover PMS. Like <laughs> there's just my so insurance many does not cover great, PMS. Like, Yeah. There's just so many great like one liners. Oh, uh, I I the love script the script is super clever.
1: I love the the Walter no drinking, no drugs, no kissing, no tattoos, no piercings, no ritualistic animal slaughters of any kind. <laughs> just-
0: <laughs> yeah. And then he's like, Oh, I'm giving you ideas.
1: Yeah, oh, it's so good, and and but even the whole like we've kind of we haven't even mentioned yet, but the um whole uh, Alison Janney's character with just the whole writing of the erotic novel, <laughs> like in between her little spare moments, it's just yeah, and um and the uh, well uh, she is essentially you know a much smaller sort of side character, but she has appeared in so much like well prior, but mm. since then as well, um going oh, yeah, on to things like huge. Juno and everything, so um, West Wing, yeah, yeah, so many things, but um. Yeah, that's just kinda of like a, a a cool little sort of like comedy side side part to it, yeah.
0: Definitely. And like going back to like the authenticity of the of the teenageness is like it's the way that I remember teenagers talking, like the this the sarcasm and mm. like the way that people would insult each other. It's just I don't know if kids are still like this. I'm not down with, with the kids these days, yeah. you know. <laughs> being being thirty two years old. But For the time it's it was so and maybe like the movie being so popular influenced the way that people talked at my school or whatever, but Mm. it just seems so on point.
1: Um, I think I think for me, just one last one that I always love. Like You mentioned the, 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 the pool ball one, but mm-hmm. an- another Michael one, again, it's kind of like harkens to sort of that type of like little quick sort of Jim Carrey style comedy, but when he gets on the little posty bike and then he like veers off down the hill and then he like, he does a bump, he goes, my balls. Like, it's just, <laughs> <laughs> it's just like a goofy little, like, and you can only just hear it. And every time I crack up. <laughs> oh, that's great. Oh, that's
0: good. great. This might be a bit harder, but what holds up the worst?
1: Um, this, this was really hard to even, I think, I mean, style wise, it's clearly the late nineties, but that's not a bad thing. I don't, I think the acting's still really great. Like when you compare this to, you mentioned American Pie earlier, American Pie seems so stilted and so much Mm -hmm. space in between lines, whereas this has just got the the conversational flow so well. And I don't think there's no particular comedy bits that seem cringy or anything to me that spring to mind unless you have any
0: I mean Bianca does call someone a retard at some point which is just like you wouldn't put that I don't think you'd put that in a movie now it's not yeah but but then I, I
1: kind of think that's like um uh, I don't you, I, well I don't know if you've seen if you've seen mid 90s but that, yeah, have, that yeah. that's full of like all these sort of like offensive references uh, yeah. that people said back then so it's kind of like it is a it is a window it's a horrible well, thing to yeah, say, but it is 100%. a window of time. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. And I guess that's where you 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 don't watch it and go, "This movie's bad" because it has this in it. It's yeah. just like it, it it's not something that holds up. It wouldn't hold up now, I guess. Mm, yeah. Um. Yeah. And there's a couple other things like that. You know, the flashing your boobs at a teacher. I don't know. Like that seems like it would be a bit more controversial now.
1: Yeah, it's it is weird though because because of my perceived age of her and patrick they just seem like they're well past high school that i don't i i I keep forgetting that she is meant to actually be a student as well whereas i think if that was like (laughs) bianca's character or something it'd be different um and it's still like a you know escape through the the windows and then they go on like that leads into the whole like a date um with the paintball and everything which is great Mm. scene but yeah i sort of don't really i never really thought too much about that but i looking back like the the context of it it's it's pretty uh i I haven't known of anyone to do
0: that so there you go no no i mean like let's if we're going to be really serious about it it it, it's technically like sexual assault (laughs)
1: yeah 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 and he looks so baffled as to like i don't even know what um yeah oh but that teacher oh man one of my favorite scenes i didn't mention iconic scenes the one with the (laughs) you got putt don't you oh that is so good it's
0: funny but you know what? I noticed he's like, you got bloodshot eyes, and I look at the guy's eyes. They're not bloodshot. They're not bloodshot. They're, perfect. yeah. They're perfectly normal. <laughs> They're just white eyes. Like they couldn't have given him contact lenses or something.
1: I just love it when he's like, he's like, he's like, you look pretty nervous. You're sweating <laughs> like a pig. Like, <laughs> uh, yeah. But I, I, I do agree. He just kind of looks like a bit of a dropkick, but not particularly bloodshot. Stone- so, yeah. yeah. <laughs>
0: I just think they could have like rubbed his eyes or something. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. Put, put a bit of pepper in his eye. <laughs> so otherwise, you mentioned like the fashion, like it's you know it's nineties. It's it is what it is. But the prom dress that Bianca wears is just awful. Like, <laughs> well, yeah, it's very like, puffy. Yeah, it's it's almost verging <laughs> on eighties. Yeah, there's like a midriff showing, and then like the puffy bottom. I was just like i guess it was cool back then but yeah it's just laughable now the pork pie hats or the trilby hats like
1: yeah quite
0: comically comically uh 90s there's as far as like how well the movie was made you're right like there's not really anything i can say except that there's one kind of piece that's missing to me and maybe it was like something that they cut for time but there's a scene in the library where they're practicing french and cameron and and Bianca, uh, like she's basically asking him, why haven't you asked me to prom yet? And then the next thing you know, he's sh- rocking up to take her to prom. Like we never got the scene of him asking her, her to, prom. to go. Yeah. And it seems strange for them to make a thing of it. Like, why haven't you asked me to go? And then next minute, they're going. And I just like, it, it was a, yeah. from like a narrative perspective, I was like, oh, like it, it's a bit like disconnected.
1: I guess the idea is you're meant to... He's still trying to figure out what she has just said, so maybe she leaves and then he then deciphers, like does the translation, French translation, and then you're presuming that he's asked her in between, but... I
0: suppose. But it could have... I think they could have done it better. I'm just uh, being a bit nitpicky there, but... uh, I mean,
1: maybe he could have just... He could have caught her on the way out from the library or something and figured out sort of what she said. Maybe, I don't know, but...
0: I think, like... This kind of movie, like the way that you ask someone to prom, would be like a significant thing, though. It's like a big deal, so I feel like that would have been a good scene to throw in there.
1: Yeah. Plus, I mean, I remember the whole trying to ask someone to your high school ball scenario. Like, yeah, it's like wait how do you do it? Where do you do it? When do you like sort of thing? And it's it is much more of a kind of like pivotal moment, I guess, in your life yeah. uh, rather than yeah. that. Yeah.
0: I would have loved to see that. Anyway, maybe it's on the uh, deleted scenes. I have to <laughs> have to go into a, a YouTube deep dive to find out. Is there anything in this movie that you think would uh, offend people now? What, who would be the most offended if this movie came I, out now?
1: I've, I really struggled to, to think of something because usually with '90s, it's quite easy to, to sort of pick out at least one or two things. But I think mm-hmm. potentially some of Joey's sleaziness um, and his real determination with Bianca, but that is the character as well. Yeah. Um, and I think the only other thing is potentially portraying feminism as like a a, a completely outsider thing. Obviously, like between then and now um it, it's it like there's generally a lot more awareness and and everything so and and they were never really made out to be ridiculous or anything. they were just kind of like her and her friend so that was just like a potentially maybe, mm. but then that is her character is she's meant to be the shrew type like she gets called that so i yeah I don't really know what about you?
0: I think you're right like there's not really anything offensive in here to mm. me at least maybe like fem- uh, feminists like not that we're not feminists ourselves mm. being men but like not i think that some people might take issue with some of the, the gender stuff but you know you could probably say that about any movie mm. even movies that come out now um but i thought maybe teachers because they're not portrayed to be that switched on and, and intelligent in this movie. yeah yeah like you've, I- got, you've got you got um daryl mitchell who plays um the the english teacher or the lit <laughs> oh. teacher and he can't, literally can't tell if she's being sarcastic or not. I don't know. He's like, out, her to the out. Principal.
1: <laughs> and when yeah, he that's... when he opens up where with that kinda of like rap style delivery and she's like, Yeah, I really enjoyed that. And it's just uh it just again, another little vignette, another character that just adds that comedy in there. But yeah, that, that part is quite unrealistic. <laughs> yeah.
0: And and Alice and Jenny like working on her like like no- fifty shades of grey <laughs> basically <laughs> on school time, like yeah, maybe maybe a school teacher might take offense to that. <laughs> but it's it's all harmless. Uh, there was a, there was like only one really reference to the fact that Heath Ledger is Australian in this movie, which makes me think that it wasn't written to be an Aussie. Mm. Um and I can't remember exactly what it was, but I remember thinking like that is a stereotype that uh, I don't agree with about Aussies.
1: <laughs> yeah, um yeah, it is because cause they do the whole like, you know, reference, he he did this in San Quentin and he killed the guy and all sort of stuff and it, it's not until, yeah, there's that one reference to Australia and then everything else is just more about those those rumours about I don't know Marilyn Manson, I've never dated a Spice Girl, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, I sort of didn't, I mean, maybe it's good that they didn't constantly poke out the fact that, hey, you're yeah. Australian, say something Australian sort of thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah. yeah.
0: Kangaroos, mate. Yeah. <laughs> Does so ten things I hate about you pass the internet relevancy test?
1: Well, you, the Patrick dancing on the stairs is very uh, gifable. Um, mm-hmm. The you see the one with like Cat talking to, to to Joey with the run along now. I've seen that a few times. You oh, of, yeah. often see Patrick with the Bunsen burner flame, putting his fingers through that. Oh yeah. Um, and then obviously the Cat getting upset at the um, when she's reading the poem at the end. So there,
0: I've
1: to me if like if you've I've seen at least those four. That's mm-hmm. enough for it to be. At least somewhat relevant, I think. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. It's obviously not like a super relevant one, like basically any Jim Carrey movie, just because mm. of the 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 you know strength of his facial yes animation. Yeah. Yes, it, it's in itself makes it uh, way more gifable, I guess. Yes. But yep. um, yeah, I, th- I think it's it's borderline. But we'll give it we'll give it a passing grade for this. Okay. <laughs> Um, I mentioned it before, but how do you think smartphones and and social media would change a movie like this now?
1: Um, it wouldn't change too much, except for she would have been filmed being drunk at the party. Uh, totally. it there would have been
0: like on Snapchat and stuff,
1: <laughs> exactly. Or there would have been like footage of like maybe Bianca discovers her history with Joey through seeing old footage of her with Joey at. The, at the party, or when she was dating him, or whatever the that she mentions, rather than finding the underwear in her room, like maybe, yeah, yeah. So, I don't know. I think you can still, and again, this might be jumping ahead, but you can still very quite easily make this now. Um, and yeah. and you could inf- you can infuse like you know there there wouldn't be any sort of like as you said, she's not there, Bianca's not there. So then it's like he would then get on the phone. You'd introduce things like that, but I don't think you have to. Really gear the entire film around social media or anything. It's just sort of going to be what they do with a lot of those like Netflix teen movies now, where you do see people using their phone and texting, and little bubbles pop up on the screen. But that's sort of about mm-hmm.
0: it. Yeah, it's it's not going to like significantly tweak the mm. movie, but it would just be a different flavor, I guess. And you're right, like the dancing would definitely be a, like a a Snapchat or, or a tweet or something that goes semi viral for the school amongst yep. the school and i think or it would be like facebook live or something yeah 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 <laughs> and um and you know there'd probably be like some cyber bullying and, and that kind of thing but yeah for the most part it'd be the same because it's it's just uh as we said it's a very it's a timeless movie could you make it today what would the 2020 version be I think it would it would hold up extremely well if you picked this up and just dumped it in 2020 mm. it would almost not need to change. I'm surprised they all. haven't already. <laughs> I'm surprised someone hasn't tried to yeah do it already. I, yeah. mean, I mean the the cast would probably be more diverse like it's basically a bunch of white people apart from Chastity like the oh, no, the friend.
1: I mean no you got your Chastity you got the teacher the English teacher. Yeah um as far as the main cast yeah like the who's main getting most
0: of the lo- like who's getting most of the lines it's, it's
1: yeah all the, yeah the line that lines. i mean yeah i i did i did think of that but i think generally and then maybe there's probably some other people in the school that just like you know extras and stuff but um mm-hmm. but yeah yeah you could easily make like introduce more people into the lead role
0: yeah um yeah and as far as teen movies now like I feel like I feel like they come out on Netflix more than anywhere else because yeah. missing boots and all that. Yeah, yeah. Maybe I, and like to, to, for all the to all the boys I've loved before. And, yeah, yeah. You know, I, I'm sure there's I'm sure there's others and I'm just missing them because I'm not the target. But I don't know. I feel like if this movie came out now, I'm trying to think: Would it interest me? Like, would it catch my attention? And mm. it would have to be something where it gets like these great reviews and it makes me yep stop and go okay well if everyone's saying it's amazing and, to check and, it and out. that's
1: exactly the issue i was saying this to a friend you know you got like a such a like huge following behind the american the office if that was mm. launching new now amongst all the other stuff you have to choose from as a new series i don't think there's any way i'd make it to the amount of seasons it did or nor have the impact
0: yeah it's interesting
1: yeah, and so and that's it. Like, I don't think you can launch. Like, I hope if they did do a new version of this, it would be a cinema, like a proper cinema release. Um, but just it seems all too easy for people to drop straight into Netflix. So,
0: yeah. Now that I'm thinking of it, like it's, it's probably more TV series that tap into this vein exactly you now on Netflix. Like Never Have I Ever was it was a fun one, and Sex Education's another yes, yes. great one, and. Even though I'm 32, I don't feel weird about watching these teenage stories because they're just really well told. And like, there's something about us that never forgets what it feels like to be that age. And I exactly think part of that, part of that, like part of that insecurity and like trying to understand how the world works. Like that kind of never goes away.
1: Yeah, because because uh, to me, like you take a movie like uh, you know. Com- completely different from this, but one that's obviously based around childhood, a movie like Stand By Me, you know, created and made well before I was that age, but still entirely relatable about that whole, like, you know, your, your, your friends and guys and the type of way that you egg each other on and, and all that sort of thing. And so it's kind of like, I again, I feel like this is another one, like, like your Stand By Me and all these other movies, one that is just very timeless because at the end of the day, people still go through grow up through childhood puberty and everything like that so there's at least going to be some form of um way
0: that it can transcend to an audience totally yep and we see the same thing in video games as well like we both play a lot of games life is strange and and going home and these kinds of things where you know you're getting like a, a a very angsty kind of teen drama but Mm, mm. you know it's it's even if it's a teenage girl it doesn't mean you can't relate to it if if you're if you're open to it
1: exactly and like and with the fact that so many games have just pushed into that very um like compelling storytelling and everything like that as well beyond just being like a hey let's play a fun game sort of thing so um yeah yeah definitely i agree with that
0: all right it's time for the steve buscemi spark plug award steve buscemi a real spark plug There's a few nominees. Hmm. We've got Alison Janney. She's obviously great in her brief appearances. I think she's only got two scenes. Is that right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. The way they set her up, I'm thinking like she's going to be all through the movie because she's so great, but then they use her very sparingly. Daryl Mitchell as the other teacher is is quite good. When he sends her to the principal's office for like being nice... (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah, man. that's good. Yeah. It's so good. It's so good. The only other one I had was uh the guy who played the um you'll have to remind me his name. The the guy that throws the house party that's not meant to be a house party.
1: Bogey Lowenstein, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Bogie Lowenstein. <laughs> like, oh he is so good. Oh, he's yeah. he, he's just like <laughs> Especially when everyone's going to crash the party and he's like, this must be Nigel with the brie. And then it's just like, it's absolutely <laughs> crowded in on. And then when he does the, the, the golfing part with the rip it and grip it, and he's all just that super chip monkey, just full on preppy. Uh, it's, it's, it's hilarious that they've kind of, they almost have these little like vignettes of these little side characters. You only just see... Uh, briefly, yeah.
0: He's great, but um, out of these three, who do you think deserves the award for kind of lighting up the screen? Oh, it would be Alice and Janney's
1: one, just because I think yeah. everyone always remembers that scene, even if there's only a couple. It's like, oh, how funny is that intro sort of thing? Um, yeah. But yeah, and it's actually funny, yeah, sort of just briefly mentioning uh, uh, Bogey's character, is that is also a very iconic scene for me, is the dropping the party invites, and then the sexy yeah, boy, yeah. and then the very <laughs> slow, dramatic, like, pull-down sort of thing, and... I've always, I've always get that song in my head just from that one little snippet. So, um, yeah, it's they're very throughout very effective with the soundtrack as well. You got the band, you got other songs tied in. You got the one of her in the bookstore with the Tracy Chapman song. That's always quite emotional too. So, um, yeah, yeah, yes, yeah.
0: yeah, so similar to American Pie in that sense, where it does tap into like the nineties. Although I think this one probably has more older music yes. as well. Yep. So it's not like everything is not of ev- the era. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. American Pie is definitely more like, here's a collection of pop punk sort of <laughs>
0: throughout yeah. type of thing, yeah. And like, yeah, indie folk and, and that kind of thing. Yes, yeah. All right, so congratulations, Alice and Jenny. The award is yours. Last question before we let you go. Is it still a good movie? And I think, obviously... Resoundingly, <laughs> yes. It is,
1: It to me... Um and I, I love Five Hundred Days of Summer, but this is our, this is my favorite rom com, um, mm. uh, just because everything we've we've covered, you know, just like the, all the range of the different types of characters and and the quotability, relatability, all that sort of stuff. Um, and I could just watch it at the drop of a hat. So yeah,
0: yeah, it's definitely one that I will um, not let myself go as long as I did without watching it. I think because yeah. yep. I, I realized that I love it and. It's just good to see Heath Ledger. Like he's he's so missed, and I, I'm sure you know you being a WA boy mm-hmm. um, miss him as much as anyone. But um, yeah, just so much talent. And and I recently watched A Night's Tale as well because it's one of my wife's favorite movies from back then. And he really just had the the whole package, didn't he? That yeah, the,
1: that that movie. Those two especially, I think pair because I don't know if you've seen uh, Two Hands or that. That's like very much like a dark, like a violent sort mm-hmm. of dark comedy. Um, but that also that that was that was good for me seeing him something like that cuz that is an Australian film too but um yeah uh just just the types of roles he 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 played were were quite sort of far-ranging too as well he didn't just play the kind of like charming but tough boy sort of thing
0: yeah i think he seemed to get typecast at least in some people's mind as the kind of romantic lead and obviously playing the joker through through everyone out when it was cast initially and people were like who's this guy why is he why do they think he's gonna be a good joker and he turned out to be amazing absolutely it's so it's one just one of those things where you think like what what would he have done mm. like where would he be now like would he have reached like the levels of like a leo or someone or would he mm. you know ha- would he have dipped into like rom-coms and can, like been more of like a Maybe like a McConaughey, where he does these serious movies, and then he does like a, a rom com every now and then to kind of like mix it up. And I, I yeah, think, I,
1: I think he'd be probably between that and maybe a Jake Gyllenhaal mm-hmm. sort of sort of sort of vibe. Yeah. Um, I think yeah, he might. I can see that he might tap into like uh, something that's even more like comedy based as well, and then he could then go back and do like a thriller and stuff. So, yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: He just had so much range, obviously, and yeah, it's it's um it's great. To, I guess. Not to end on a downer, but it's it's good that we have a movie like this that we can go back to and see like him at such a fresh p- part of his career. Mm. So, like, vibrant and full of energy and, and yeah, just how a good way to remember him, I think. I,
1: see, I think one of my funniest uh, memories of Heath Ledger, though, is bef- his first appearance on anything involving video was um uh, over in WA. We got a, a franchise called Chicken Treat, like a Red Rooster, and, um, okay. and he was on a Chicken Treat advert, him and Michael Caton. Um oh. and and he, and he's he's like he's one of the workers and Michael Caton's like the store owner and he goes down, and he sees the rotisserie chicken going and he's like smiling and he's just like, Oh yeah, it's just like fresh roasted sort of thing. It's just so cheesy and so nineties and so warmly lit. Um But again, he just had that smile back then.
0: Yeah. Oh, it's such a great smile. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. All right. Well, thank you for joining us, Simon. It's been been great to have you and I'm sure we'll get you back again soon before too long. Is there anything you want to plug while we're here?
1: Uh, Yeah. So um, if anyone missed it on my episode with the mask, I'm from the uh, podcast, music podcast, Take My Tone, where myself and a different guest each week uh, share and compare songs. So so just search for that in your podcast player or go to takemytone.com
0: very very good i don't really have anything to plug although i think around the similar time as this episode coming out there's a ghost of tsushima spoiler cast Mm. up on the hungry gamers feed so you can get onto that and hear benny and uh, brendan from 8-bit Share their views along with mine on uh, on that game that, that we're all playing at the moment or a lot of us are playing. Um, otherwise, you can leave your podcast reviews uh, in Apple Podcasts, Podchaser, anywhere that does it. You can do that to help this podcast get the word out there. Give us the warm, fuzzy feelings deep inside. Mm. <laughs> There's also the uh, 8-Bit Patreon over at patreon.com slash weare 8 Bits. That's A-T-E-B-I-T. And, of course, as Brendan likes to say, that is how you can help keep the emotional lights on as well as putting a bit of coin in the pockets of us hardworking podcasters. Simon, where can people find you on the socials?
1: I'm uh, so mainly active on Twitter with at Precise Path.
0: Very good. And you can catch me at Jono himself. And, dear listeners, we will say thank you for joining us again on Comedy Rewind. Until next episode, be kind.